Hello and welcome to the latest Back of the Nav podcast. My name's Adam Lewis and alongside me, back in our virtual studio this week, is my co-manager, Julian Marr. Jules, before we kick off, any word from our sponsor this week? Um, yeah, we have one word from our sponsor. It's 2024, as in please bring it on. We cannot see the end of this uh, year quickly enough. Uh, he's had enough. I mean, he's probably not the only one. Uh, we would be very, very bored of 2023. So he has now decided that it's now 2024. He's looking ahead as ever. He's gone into his uh, denial. Um, and so forget December, except for the uh, Christmas celebrations and uh, look ahead to the new year. Brave new John, brave new world. It's all going to get better, please. Excellent. Now, now, outlook season, outlook season. Um, no guest this week, so the pod is likely to be a little bit shorter than usual. Um, going to do a little bit um, of attribution analysis and a portfolio review coming into the forthcoming game week. But let's have a look back at the game week 13. Uh, game week 13, unlucky for some. Well, it was a case of firmly keeping with a pack for back of the nav. We got 47 points, one single point ahead of the average of 46. However, we did make two transfers and take a hit. So the end result was some predictable red arrows and our global rank fell to 5.7 million, which is still second quartile, but only just. So the two changes I hear you cry. Well, let's go over them. The first was pretty straightforward. In came Solanke for the injured Wilson. And then the second change, well, it took up much more thinking and yielded very little alpha. Well, sorry, I had to get some investment terms in early. Um, our regular listener may recalling our pod discussion last week about our lack of idea what to do with Bruno. Well, we sold him for Brobo from Zibuermo, and the end result was six points for the outgoing Portuguese Enigma and two points for our new holding. Yes, it's true. We really don't know what to do about Bruno. And then our Ba-boom. captain pick. Kaboom. Then our captain pick, Son. Well, he scored a hat-trick. Sadly, all three were disallowed. Um, so, Jules, I've gone through a little bit of performance there, but your thoughts on last week and then set us up about how we did against the benchmark. Oh, very kind, Ad. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't too bad, actually. The bottom I've certainly beat my own team. I don't know what it did against yours. Um, but looking at this, we played uh, Johnston in goal, who got one point, as opposed to Pickford in, on the bench, who got one point. Uh, Murillo um, was looking injured, but we hadn't picked him anyway with his one point on the bench. Porro, um, so many potential assists, phantom assists against uh, uh, you know against Villa, uh, but he, he ends up with the one assist um, and got five points. Uh, Gabriel, part of the apparently only decent defence in the entire Premier League, uh, picked up six, and Shah. Uh, just the two, a bit of a surprise there. They were there with that match um, against Chelsea. Kabori uh, was injured, so he was on the bench. Um, we had Salah with his one assist against uh, City. Son, as you say, that hat trick of assists, uh, just um, sorry, hat trick of uh, offside goals, even um, extraordinary. Uh, another day, another day, as all fun managers, all fancy league players think, probably fun managers too. Uh, and and Buemo, um so Sonny just got the the four double up to two. Mbuemo, I think that was more we were looking ahead um, to bring him in. He's got some great run of fixtures coming up now. He's against Luton. That he'll definitely be the most one of the most transferred in players uh, for this week. So um, we got in ahead of the game there. Uh, and I don't know. I think that's interesting. It sort of shows your sort of glass half full attitude with uh, Fernandez being a bit of a miss with Bruno because, you know, he got the assist and we've got some points. I, I have to say, I think if we don't him and saw him merrily passing the uh, ball to uh, to Rashford to take the penalty, I don't think we'd have been quite so happy about life. So I, I, 
good captaincy on his part. Oh, that was quite impressive. Um, you don't always see that on the pitch with him, but that was that was a decent thing to do. And if Rashford kicks on um, from there, and as we may discuss later, uh, the, then then hurrah and one to watch. But yeah, and Buemo didn't return to his assigned, but you know he just what was it? He was about. Yes, that, that, that open goal. Ramsdale did his best to give him Buemis some points, didn't he? Maybe he brought him into his own team as well, but never quite happened. Then Gordon bailed us out. Of course we should have captained Gordon. 13 <laughs> points. Um, not uh, So, yeah, Adam's going to him as well, so that's all good. And we left Martinelli on the bench. Then Martinelli always seems to look pretty good to me, but he just has not been firing on fancy league terms yet. But, again, Arsenal have a decent run of fixtures going forward. So, um, unless we do something weird and change him for Odegaard or whatever, because we can't own Saka. I think he's going to stick around for a while. And then, as we said, uh, Wilson, sadly out. Maybe we should have brought in Isaac. But we went for the slanky. Um, I was listening to a podcast, or no, it was a, uh, uh, one of the uh, video casts last week. And one of the guys said, no, no, I'm bringing in uh, Bournemouth. I'm, I can see two, two Tavernier goals. It's like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, there you go. So that guy was psychic, whoever that was. Maybe you should be following him uh, around us. Uh, I've got them. Alvarez on two, but I still, I can't sell him. He just still looks too good. He's still pulling the strings. Um, bit of a, a confidence booster in Europe. And against Spurs, well, we can talk about that too, but, uh, you know, further on. I think we'll keep him. And then Watkins with his uh, his solid little, uh, you know, another another assist. So uh, they got uh, 47 our team, our bottom half, uh, which was uh, which was kept us just about on track against the benchmark team. Um, actually, did slightly slightly worse. Um, benchmark team was a weird one. These are the most um, bought players that I can fit into the into the budget. Um, and this time, because of injuries, I had to play the uh, the lesser spotted five two three um, uh, lineup. But uh, Ariola, um, he's on thirty seven percent. Had picked up three. To the non-playing Turner is the third most owned goalkeeper, but he's he's on the bench. Trippier, who's fifty percent owned, one point. Cash, who had a dreadful game against Spurs, oh, well, just for dreadful forty-five minutes against Spurs, still thirty-three percent owned, um, zero points. Saliba, there we are, back to the Arsenal defence. Keeps going up in price, keeps going up in ownership. He uh, we um he was a new entry last week, but he got his six points. And then we had to play Anderson, who uh, got one point for uh, for Palace, and Bulldog, who uh, crept in with an assist. For for, uh, for for Sheffield United, so that was our back five. And then we had the uh, the uh, innovative uh, midfield two of Saka, who's owned by fifty uh, percent or so of old people playing, and Salah, who's creeping up towards that fifty percent mark. Decision time, and we're going to talk about that later. Uh, they got uh, eight and five points respectively, and then up front, Haaland uh, doubled up, still owned by eighty three percent of. All players, he got 14 points, Watkins five, Archer got the two. So that meant that the benchmark team got 50 points with nothing on the bench and um, beat us again, which is why we're slipping back into the top elements of third quartile. Uh, that, I think, is all the news she wrote on our team so far. No, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, just to sort of on a couple of those, one of the points that we talked about last week with with Ryan Hughes was you can't expect your entire team to fire. Now, if we sort of look at like good performances being anything five plus, then five of the team did all right. You know, Gabriel Porro, Gordon on his 13, Mobley's five, Watkins with his painful goal against Tottenham. Um you know, it, you know, it was, it, it's, it's. You look at it and you sort of talk about diversification, and it's, it's not a bad, decent. It's, it's a decent spread of points across that team in sort of some ways. You know, a lot of it came from Gordon in sort of some ways, and yeah, you sort of already pointed out in Buemo, a little bit like myself in my own team. I brought in Palmer this last week, 
and benched him straight away because I actually didn't bring him in for that game week. And I think within Buermar, it was a little bit of a case of him against Martinelli at the end of it. We went for him, Buermo, just because of the enigma that was Martinelli. Talk about him in a minute, actually, because I wonder if last night's goal fest for Arsenal might signify, you know, teams in the Premiership do seem to sit back quite heavily on Arsenal at the moment, which yeah. does seem to be nullifying their assets. Um, but I wonder if last night sort of might be a bit of a, a, a sort of floodlight moment for them. Um, so, yeah, and then it comes to cash um, again. I'm thinking he he's in my own team and given what he did, given the injury to Benton Core, I not I might make a really rash decision and sell him from my team. Oh, just ideological changes. Interesting. Yes, I yeah. have a similar problem. I can't believe I um I'm normally a huge fan of Soufal at West Ham. And for some reason, I, I can't even think he's straight. I got in um, Zuma and I'm very ideologically uh, opposed to him purely for his uh, treatment of recent of, 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 of assorted pets in the past. So I, I have the I have the, the cat kicker in my team. But I am. Um, but I, I don't know why. But ideologically, I I, th- I think I need to move him on because I've suddenly realized that, you know, this is this is not supportive of the, you know, the feline population of the UK. So um, that's my that, that, that's my plan. So, yeah, you, you've got a problem with the uh, cat. Um, he's trying to break uh, Benteke's legs. He's actually, he's actually done three Spurs players in the past now. And I'm thinking, you know, it might just be time to to throw a wobbly and sell him. But we, we, you will see how much emotion comes into it. Um, let's sorry, say- sorry, we've just had a word from our lawyers. I need to clarify that, that when I was talking about Cash trying to break Benteke's legs, I was purely <laughs> being metaphorical and uh, for effect. And there was no suggestion that we really thought that was his intention. No, no suggestion at all. Just a just a frustrated challenge after one of many disallowed goals in that game. Um, so no guest this week, Jules. So we're going to look to game week fourteen, and these may be famous last words, and they probably will be. We can record it yeah. back. But a team looks in remarkably good shape. Um, lots of players at home in on what paper look really good fixtures. Um, you know, lots of tickets to games. You've got sort of Arsenal, Wolves, uh, sort of we've got Arsenal, Liverpool, Brentford at home, Chelsea at home. Some really decent fixtures. Now, one concern is, you know, and you, you've mentioned it there with Mo's TSB at the moment. Now it's like it's forty eight point five percent, and it's a question of just how honest we are. But we, I think we were a little bit too honest with Trippier's team selected by. But we've got to stick to the process. <laughs> we've got to stick to the process. But we've used TSB as a bit of a measurable for the fund. It's our valuation. And now, obviously, a growth in a player's TSB doesn't translate into points for this game. But, you know, if I put it into sort of fund terms, we sort of picked some lowly valued assets at the start of the at start of this. I look at Son on his 4%. And now I've not done the latest, but I know he's close to in the 40s, I think. Mo, he's, I think um, he he's on 40.4. Yeah. Uh, no, that was last week, 44. 39.1 this week. Which so, yeah, two-fifths owned, yeah. Yep. Mo, I think we picked him back up when he was uh, like falling into his 20s, and obviously that's doubled. So from a, from a portfolio perspective, while that doesn't necessarily translate into points, which unfortunately this game is the entire measurable, I know... You know, there's a lot of players who do well with their team value and sort of stuff like that. But I think from the game's perspective and bringing it back to the sort of the asset management world, I'm not sure. Is this, should we be giving ourselves a virtual pat on the back list? We constantly talk well, about being pioneers. 
I think if we are looking to give ourselves a pat on the back, it's about the only thing we can do is is calling people in advance. I mean, it made us think about, you know, who should we go for? And um, there, there are a couple that we have stuck with, you know, Alvarez would be another one. Um, but yes, I, I, I feel like we're reaching here. But, you know, this is, you know, we the, the crumbs of comfort, isn't it? And uh, yeah, it, it's but it is it, it is that sort of the idea of the market is is, is often you're not. Is there a link here? I'm not sure. Let's see. Uh, won't be the first time we've reached for a reach for an analogy, but you know, a lot of time, a lot of the time, depending on your approach to uh, stock picking, it's not a question of picking the best companies. It's picking the companies that other investors think will be the best companies. So who's you know the beauty contest idea? And um, sometimes they don't have to be good companies. It's just that the rest of the market needs to think they are good companies. So that doesn't work for us here, unfortunately, because um, you know people have been picking. This is we're just following the whims of you know, a lot of players. And every time you look at the the, the, the most brought in is, is people being blown by the wind. And you think, well, how is that person up there? Oh, because they got an assist against Luton, but they're playing City next week. I, I, I don't think it's, you know, it, there's not a, you know, there are some rational players out there, but I, I would say the 10 million of um, market we've got in inverted commas of players, um, there's not a, there's not always a lot of rationality uh, there, unfortunately. I, I do think the, the interesting question is actually whether this the selling point of 50% as it will be for Salah. I think we have to do the hit and play by our our own rules otherwise you know what are we you know if we don't do that well french i suppose um but otherwise uh, you know i think it's um he just he he might maybe it's the right time he'll he'll tick over in the next week or two but then he's he is off to the afcon uh i I was i was wondering if that might reduce it in time i don't think it will i think we're gonna have to sell him and then he might sneak back. Oh gosh, because we wouldn't be able to buy him back, would be because he wouldn't be down to thirty percent. So we would be waving goodbye. But maybe um, we'll just have to look back and see if we got saved by our rules or, or completely hampered by them, as as we have so often with our Harland and um, I suspect Saka going into this run may hurt us as well. Um, to with our proxies instead. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Just sort of on that Afcon sort of point, you know, there, there are going to be a lot of play. It's not just the Afcon. You've got, you know, Sonny's going to the Asian sort of. He, yeah. he he'll be gone for a chunk of January and sort of stuff like that. So, you know, well, it's basically our midfield of of, of Salah, Guaymo, um, yeah. and Son are all off. Um, something to bear in mind but we do have that wild card of course play and I, th- I think this is the thing it's around about you know we've given up uh, dear listener we've given up trying to work out any sort of an, uh, market analogy to crowbar in for a wild card so we'll just um, use it at the best time that we can which I think is going to be around this blank game week and maybe set ourselves up and um, see where we're looking for you know some, some city players coming back in when they'll have the double and uh, a decent a decent set of fixtures you know maybe Foden comes back onto the scene um, yeah, we're always talking about the same people. It's it's the old Eric Morecambe approach to the fancy league. We you know we're picking all the right players, but not necessarily in the right order. <laughs> no, 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 definitely, definitely. Now look, talking of Son, um, it brings us to sort of looking at the portfolio for this week. What we want to do, um, as I've already said, you know, I look at I, I look at the team and I could bring it. Uh, Bear with me, listeners. Um, and there's there are a lot of games, you know, we've got Shah at home, Gabriel at home, Murillo at home, Martinelli at home, Mo at home, and Buemo at home. You know, this it's it's a we're decently set up. So the one question mark really would be looking at changes is Son against City away. Now, Spurs' troubles 
are well known at the moment, especially sort of in the midfield area. It was an incredibly brave midfield that he seemed to play against Villa. And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get myself into like a sort of a strop about Spurs' recent sort of form because actually they played very well on Sunday. It's just sometimes it's not your day. And that one very much wasn't. Uh, and then there's that weird emotion of what been scoring and being gutted, but you know it being it being good for both my teams. So yeah, I look at I look at potential changes this week, and I'm I'm not sure if it's being short sighted getting rid of Son at the moment, and I'm not sure who we would bring him in for. Um, but yeah, we've got as we always sort of mention on these, we've got a lot of good tickets. We've got a lot of tickets to a lot of good games this week. Um, so maybe Son would be one early area that I'd be considering. Um, and the Pickford situation. Obviously, we've brought in Johnson. Um, <laughs> the the long-running the long other... and incredibly dull soap opera that is the Botnav Pickford situation, yes. I almost feel like we need to keep him in for the entire season just just wow. so he's, uh, you know, just to, to lower our turnover. I'm not sure. So, yeah, early thoughts, Jules, you know, looking at the looking at the lineup, you know, it, it, it does look good. But have you any areas that we could be looking at? Well, I think that the Son situation, because I do have him in, in my team as well. I, I mean, you know, we, the regular listener may remember a, a month or two back when I, when I was sort of making the argument for Son. It was, um, although we've had him in ourselves, but he was, he was bringing him in not, not for the easy so-called inverted commas, or was it the easy Luton or Sheffield game? It was for the fact that it, Liverpool and Arsenal were next, and he's good at playing in the big teams. He's got a great record against Man City. I mean, I'm yep. not sure I'd be brave enough to captain him, but I, I wouldn't bet against him scoring against City. Um, you know, with the high lines again. So I wasn't looking to rush him out. Huh? I must admit, we got a, we got we got quite a lot of money in the bank. We got Kabori injured, but you know, there's nothing we do. If it, you know, you'd only you'd only bring in defenders to stop our, our, our beloved Pedro Porro, but I'm not sure against City. I, don't, I, I fear for Spurs' back, yeah. back line against defenders against City. Um, but then that's, um, you know, we've got for Alvarez and Haaland, if, uh, those who own him. we got pick, we got Gordon. That's, I guess, the thing. It's, 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 it's you know, maybe, you know, perhaps maybe Gordon against Man United, um, a, goal, a goalkeeper who's not exactly on the top form, you know, Paul Danana after the game against Galatasaray. Um, but again, I just Newcastle just always look a bit leggy these days, especially after Europe. And so I keep coming back to the goalkeeper. Um, I think we we made a mistake with Johnson. I think we joined joined the party too late. But what I would suggest this time, I think, is what I will be arguing at our selection meeting is that. We don't have to bond have rules. We took our hit last week, didn't we? Yeah, I think we don't have to so make we, a change. We don't have to make a change, which means that next week we would then be able to we have to make a change, which actually would mean we'd be able to do three changes, I think. And that I think is also when the Chelsea fixtures turned. So I would be quite interested. And I know it's a terrible thing that you know I've just said this before. Uh, you know, once bitten, twice shy, three times stupid with James. But you've got James. There's the possibility of Sterling feels like the sort of person who might be good. Th- that, that those Chelsea fixtures. And if and Cuckoo comes back, there's Palmer. So you know that that would be a sort of like a little mini wild card. Perhaps would be a time to think about about them there. And maybe we just we just roll the dice this time. And just suck up the goalkeeper. I mean, literally toss the goal. I I cannot tell you. Johnson away to West Ham and possibly a boneless West Ham, I guess. And Pickford away to Forest, who seemed to find a way of scoring at home. I mean, but this is it's, but isn't this a broader thing? Let's let's broaden this out. There's a, there's just not a lot of clean sheets around. 
Right. You know, th- this is the thing. So maybe once putting in ones, you need to be, you know, for goalkeepers, you're trying to put in your save merchants, which is where Ariola does does okay. Um, and I think Johnson and Pickford, we should we should take a look at that. Maybe that should be the the, the um the tiebreaker who who makes the most saves. I mean, uh, Pickford just always seems to find a way to <laughs> let in a goal and somehow you almost throw the ball into his own net if he gets to 88 minutes and it's a clean sheet. But um, maybe we look at that. Um, and then and then just sit on it, let it go. We'll have a decent sub, and um, whoever whoever it may be, and uh, whether it's um, you know Solanke or, or Gordon or whatever, and, and and then have have a lot of fun next week by by tinkering massively and bringing in three people. Um, no, definitely, definitely, definitely. It's interesting just because I want to bring up a player that we may have had a pre-discussion before this uh, mm. before we started record, recording, but we talk about. Ownership going one way, so Son's ownership, you know, sort of rising sort of considerably to the fact that now he would be in the benchmark and at, at the moment we could not buy him, you know. Yes. One player who was in the benchmark at the very start of the season but is now selected by just 12.6 players is Marcus Rashford. Um, and I, I, I understand that you've got some interesting research for why... It might be time. It might be time to re- be be re looking at the uh, the Man United maestro. Yeah, well, of course, there's two types of research, as we know, in farm management. There's the research you do yourself, and there's the research you steal from other people. So that's a definite investment analogy. But um, no, I, I, I it did bring it up because it is it's it's I think the single greatest piece of insight I've ever gained from the boards, which, as you know, is normally just a morass of noise and screaming and shrieking and re- overreaction. But uh, let me see. Yes, you're, so you're you're right in terms of Rashford. We definitely had him. Um, Way back in the, at the beginning, he was on you know he was in that that beginning team. That's what's what's the benchmark. He was ah oh, he was on forty five point eight at the beginning of the season. So almost almost half of the players had him in the team, and now he's shot back. He's not even on the radar, as you say. He's gone down to you know a quarter of that. Uh, interestingly, we've referenced it, haven't we? The um, we we referenced the for the fact that Bruno did the quite good captaincy of handing the ball to um to him to give uh, give Rashford a penalty and he duly dispatched that past um oh it was Pickford wasn't it and um, <laughs> nothing to do ever and um you know it was that that is a really interesting piece of captaincy by Bruno if that if that reaps results fantastic so anyway with all of that in mind I then found this this um. Just tremendous thing. I don't worry about picking it up already. You have so it was on the Fancy Scout website, which, as you know, I spent way too much time on, and it was from a guy I'd not seen posting before called um, Silicro uh, Six or Silicro Six, and he goes, "Here is some next level advice." He said, "These are Marcus Rashford stats in the 1920 season." Uh, Rashford got 31 goals and assists as a total of goals and assists. The following season, 2021, he got 34 goals and assists. And then in 2021, he broke up with his girlfriend, Lucia. In 21-22, he got seven goals and assists. And then towards the end of 22, he got back together with his girlfriend, Lucia. And now, the following season, 22-23, 39 goals and assists. Uh, Later on, he broke up with Lucia. And since then, it's had four goals and assists. So he says now, reportedly, they are back together. You're welcome, exclamation mark. If that holds true, that is just the most sublime piece of advice. It also flags up. Um, we, I was trying to think who it was, but um, maybe I shouldn't name names, but I, I can't 
help thinking it was John Chat for Robbers at Jupiter, obviously speaking of our multi-manager, great, who used to always say, well, I want to know, it's not just the holdings I want to know from the managers, I want to know, are they going through you know, marriage problems? You know, what's the, what's the, what's, what's affecting their, their, their sort of mental state? Because this makes a, you know, it is a huge thing. So there, there we are. We, we found another way into this, another investment angle. But I, it, it was just, you look at that and you go, yeah, gosh, these guys have personalized, don't they? And that could yeah. be playing on the mind. And I, I have no idea. I don't know who Salikro is. I don't know um, <laughs> if Marks Rashid is actually going out with someone called uh, Lucia. I really should have Googled it beforehand and done even more research on my own. Uh, so I, there's a lot of caveats with that. As I say, that is very much the secondary stolen type of investment research. But, you know, act on it on your own peril. But on the other hand, I think at some point now, it is quite a funny um, possibility uh, that, that maybe we, we act on that because that seems like proper information. Um, so going forward, so that may come into the um, into the selection meeting. And then then if I just look at the fixture ticket, because I think certainly from a um, looking forward, the fixture ticker, um, Man United, and I know it's a butch call, and I certainly don't think, you know, they find ways to mess up. You know, it is quite extraordinary, whatever's going on. And again, that Galatasaray thing. But uh, what have we got? So they got, there's a, there's, they're, they're, they're against Newcastle away. But then what have we got? And going forward, they got Chelsea at home, Bournemouth at home, Liverpool away, West Ham away, Villa at home, Forest. So it's, it's, it's yeah, I don't know, it's, it's, it, I, I can find myself. I think I can. I can think we can try and talk ourselves into it. There is some interesting ones going forward. Look, we don't have to make a decision on it now. But um, if we uh, if we are going by that that, or that wonderful uh, unchecked, as I keep saying, piece of reference, let's keep an eye on it. And here's hoping that they uh, there is a Lucia. They are back together. They're both blissfully happy. And if Rashford starts going at scoring again, I, we may know the reason why. It's partly Bruno's great captaincy and partly affairs of the heart. It definitely feels, as we would say, a back of the nav move. Very bottom, <laughs> yes. It does yes, feel it, very bottom. The other one, hopeless romantics that we are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The other name that just seems to be sort of getting my, you know, more after that absolute spectacular strike on, was it Sunday? And like, I think he scored yeah. again at the, you know, gun. You know, Garnacho is four. He's only four point seven million. So yeah, maybe, what, but it was, just was, gets he, me worried he, about getting into United. Why am I falling in love with United all of a sudden? I know that's just really disturbing. I have to say, yeah, I know Garnacho was five million because he was in my team at the beginning of the season and just looked quite good. But he just wasn't. He was just always on the edge, and he was never quite the nailed-on person you need. So he duly shot down to about. I lost. I think I lost uh, point two point three on him straight away. Obviously, I recognise a terrific player, um, and you know he. he, he so somehow more likable than Anthony. I know that doesn't necessarily matter, but I found myself, I want to be willing, I want to be cheering my players on. It's again, while I, you know, people like Pedro Porro, just always bombing forward. It's why I'm a sucker for Reese James. You know, these, these, these fullbacks always bombing forward. It's not ideal, but it's, you want, you want players in your team that you can cheer on rather than kicking household pets. So um, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it, 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 uh, like you, you, I think that the, the argument against Garnacho uh, is probably two words: Gordon and Palmer. And you know, this is the this is the thing. There are these these words. You are just taking that pun. You're hoping you're going to get that for your five million. You've got the right, you know, got the you that you've got him on your day. Like a couple of weeks ago, that I had a dingra on his day, and, and you know, got my five million bet came in. The following week pretty anonymous, and it was the 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 Al Pedro bet that came in. Um, but I know from the first. 
10 games of the season having how Pedro can be an immensely frustrating experience you know when the, the, you just you, he's so, it's one of those ones where they're so cheap you feel you don't you know you don't mind having them on the bench and then Pedro comes off the bench and scores his penalty against whoever Brighton were playing at the time so I, I think I had more more um more Pedro points on the bench than I ever got from him playing. It's just that uncertainty, and I think that's what Garnacho brought. It's a, it's one of those frustrating benchmark headaches when you know you and I have more than enough decisions going on there. The amount of time we discussed, do we have Martinelli versus Embuemo last week for the sum total of zero, zero point gain for that, um, yeah. all that mental anguish. But hey, that's that's the game we're playing, the game we choose to play. That is the game we choose to play. Listen, so we've gone on probably enough today. It was a, a, a real quick sort of review. Um, hopefully, guest on in a, uh, next week or the next couple of weeks to sort of really maybe do a bit of a, a look back at this season so far. It's definitely that sort of time of the year where we start looking, you know, people look back at the year ahead, the year gone past. So maybe we can look at, uh, do a bit more of a sort of a, an annual review and then maybe sort of a, we can put on our Christmas jumpers and do an outlook for... Um, do the outlook. Get in all the outlooks, yes, all those yeah. ones, and that you def will definitely follow the one investment um, or the asset management rule of outlooks is that we uh, liberally uh, shout about everything that's going to happen, and then make sure we never, never come back in twelve months' time and review any of it because you know, God forbid that we actually made some wrong decisions or said some things that didn't come true. So that's definitely the asset management way of outlooks, isn't it? So we should probably we should follow that for sure. Yeah, I, I <laughs> it's a situation myself. I've I've definitely noticed this sort of over my 20 odd years doing this, that as a managers are very loath to make stock market predictions in, in outlooks anymore through huge fear of ever being called out by that. I think there was a trend when I sort of started that an asset manager, that, you know, the questions asked about what the market will do at the end of the year, only to be brutally attacked when it got, you know, to be called out 12 months later. So, Outlooks are very good at saying everything and nothing at the same time. So maybe we can, um, maybe we well, can copy that template. Well, I think we have been for the last 13, 14 episodes. They're saying everything yeah, and nothing. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's, that's, that's there we go. That's a, that, that is literally our business plan. On that positive note, Jules, thank you for today. And I'll yeah. say thank you to our listener and goodbye. Yeah, see you later.